Wealth can be measured in many ways. As it grows, life can quickly become complex, creating the need for more focused planning. Welcome to We're Talking Money with OmniStar Financial Group. OmniStar's been helping clients achieve financial success for more than 20 years in a client-centric and stress-free environment. With a reputation built on a long track record of working with people who want to grow and protect their assets, OmniStar illuminates the blind spots and provides actionable strategies to help you achieve what's most important. This is where you can count on straightforward and unbiased advice from a team of professionals who are passionate about your success. Welcome to another edition of We're Talking Money. We're focusing on the coronavirus outbreak and the effects that it may have on our economy, both domestically and globally. Over the last several weeks, many of our clients and alliances have been asking for our opinion on the coronavirus outbreak and its effects on the economy. In reality, what everyone really wants to know is, how is the coronavirus going to affect investments? That's a reasonable question. Since the outbreak, what we are experiencing is a classic risk-off response, albeit relatively modest to this point. No one has a crystal ball when it comes to epidemics or pandemics. What we do have in this world is a lot of emotion, and emotion at the moment is driving market conditions. Basically, we're seeing a lot of selling of stocks and buying of bonds. Nothing too major seems pretty normal. What we know so far, emerging market equities, airlines, and oil prices have cooled pretty significantly since January 20th, which was the day that Chinese officials confirmed this virus can spread from person to person. Safe haven assets such as uh, U.S. Treasuries, as well as their inflation-protected peers, have gained in value and yields have continued to fall. That's exactly what you would expect when there's fear in the markets or when we experience a risk-off response. Our assessment is further confirmed by the VIX index or the volatility index. Most of you know that that's a widely used gauge of the U.S. stock market's volatility. In uh, recent weeks, it's reached its highest level since October of 2019. In spite of these signals, risk-off sentiment has been relatively limited with only modest pullbacks in high-yield credit and U.S. stocks. This is most likely due to positive results in the current quarterly earnings season. Uh, So far, results are in line with expectations, which is a good thing, and they further support global growth, and uh, we believe that means things move a bit higher throughout 2020. Anyone who works with our firm knows research is a key element in everything we do. Without it, it's hard for us to deliver the right information. So we do a lot of it, and this was no exception. Naturally, the corona outbreak led us to glean from other global disease epidemics. Here's what we found, and it was pretty encouraging. Economic growth and markets have historically responded with a V-shaped pattern when these situations arise. What does that mean? A V-shaped pattern means that markets tend to fall fairly quickly and they tend to react or move up in a rebound, if you will, in a very similar fashion. So it comes down quickly, goes up quickly. Looks like a V if you could 
picture a an investment chart, you would think about a V. The left side of the V is the market coming down, and the right side of the V is the market uh, responding or rebounding. Initial reactions tend to include a, a slowing of consumer spending, and that occurs while assessments by the experts are being completed to better understand the real velocity of such a virus and the longer-term effects, economically speaking. It doesn't take long for a temporary economic decline to be felt literally across the globe. The rebound, as I said, in a V-shaped pattern tends to happen rapidly, much like the downturn. That's due to what we call pent-up demand, which eventually helps fuel the rebound. History tells us that recoveries are typically led by things like retail and manufacturing sectors. And that makes a lot of sense because if you think about a service sector, someone who sells um, vacations, so the tourism industry, they can't sell their services for the days that are past. But in the manufacturing or the retail sector, consumers can certainly buy at a pretty fast pace and literally make up for the days that they missed. Gauging the impact simply cannot happen overnight. And that's because there's so many unidentified factors related to this coronavirus. Think about it for a moment. We really don't know the duration of this virus or the severity of the outbreak, obviously in China. And we don't know if it remains largely contained geographically or if it's going to spread at a more rapid pace. Those are unknowns at the moment, and researchers are trying to develop some kind of understanding so that we can get a better handle on where this thing may be headed and ultimately how it will affect us economically. What we can say with confidence is reduced flow of people and goods due to latest travel restrictions and quarantine measures are likely to affect demand in the short term. That's not something that should create fear. That's simply part of the ebb and flow in markets. We don't live in a perfect world and we're going to have these types of challenges. So it's a time to stay calm and recognize that these effects are most likely temporary and we'll move past them. Uh, 2002, 2003, we had a SARS epidemic. The fear of slower economic growth is absolutely plausible. We saw it then. I think we're seeing much of the same thing today. We're still waiting on Chinese authorities to provide more evidence um, of a slowdown in the growth of this virus. And when that response comes, for us, one of the key factors that we'll be looking for is how much stimulus China will apply to this crisis. Uh, from our perspective, this is a very important part of the solution. China today plays a much larger role in the global economy. In fact, China makes up 15, roughly 15% 15 of the global GDP today. Incidentally, that is three times its size back in 2003 when we were hit by the SARS virus. Similar to the SARS epidemic, investors fear and rightfully so, that the current outbreak could hurt economic activity and ultimately slow global growth. Let's put this into perspective. We just said China is a key component of the global economy. They're a key component of global supply, and failure to control this outbreak could disrupt the supply chains of certain industries with the potential for bottlenecks. Ordinarily, and this is not intended to diminish the severity of the coronavirus, 
we would classify this as more of an isolated event. However, we have to keep in mind that potential shifts in economic regimes may happen this year, which could further exacerbate a situation like corona. In other words, if growth slows and conditions worsen, for example, inflation moves higher, we could have a bigger problem. Add to this puzzle a flattening yield curve, which we've seen in recent weeks, markets could be signaling that our Fed will be more inclined to cut rates more than one time in 2020. So what's the bottom line? We still believe global growth will edge higher this year. And we say that with confidence because we see easier financial conditions. There's been a nice break in global trade tensions and generally positive economic data. 2020 kicked off with an encouraging start due to the latest quarterly earnings season. Of course, we admit Our viewpoint could be overly optimistic, but the data, quite frankly, supports further growth. The coronavirus outbreak, though transitory, will create downside risk to our optimistic outlook. But continued growth is not off the table simply because there is an outbreak of something called the coronavirus. In the near term, here's what we believe. U.S. Treasuries, They're probably going to provide a source of portfolio balance against any growth scares and market declines. Those same market declines could provide opportunities, on the other hand, for investors seeking riskier assets, investors with a longer horizon, or investors who understand that these types of ebbs and flows are normal. And buying when markets are declining tends to create opportunities as markets recover. Until our next podcast, remember, stay calm and avoid impetuous decisions based on the media's passion for selling fear. Thanks for joining us on We're Talking Money. Be sure to visit us at OmniStarFinancial.com where you can learn more about how we provide value to our clients. Subscribe to the show and our newsletters and drop us a line with topic suggestions for upcoming shows. If you enjoyed the show, we would appreciate you passing it on to a friend and providing a rating on iTunes. This podcast is a publication of OmniStar Financial Group. The content is developed from sources believed to be reliable and accurate with all information. The information in this material is not intended as tax or legal advice and may not be used for the purpose of avoiding any federal tax penalties. Please consult legal or tax professionals for specific information regarding your individual situation. The opinions expressed and material provided are for general information and should not be considered a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or service provided by Omnistar. All expressions of opinion reflect that of the authors and are subject to change. Any distribution, use, or copying of this podcast, other than the intended recipients, is prohibited.